Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are back at practice today as they begin their prep for the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday at the Superdome. It's a 12 o'clock kick. Be there or tune in on Fox. Both teams head into this game coming off very different three-point games. The Saints fell 28-25 in a defensive battle early and a bevy of offense late as they traded field goals with the Vikings and ultimately came up short on a 61-yard attempt by Will Lutz as the clock expired. The Seahawks got a win over the Lions 48-45 in an offensive shootout. The combined 93 points are the most in the NFL this season, and it's the first game the Seahawks have ever played that they did not attempt a punt. Seattle totaled 555 yards, including 320 through the air and 235 on the ground. New quarterback Geno Smith has proven himself as the heir to Russell Wilson. On today's podcast, Seahawks senior reporter John Boyle joins me to discuss the Seattle team. But first, let's check in with our guys. Players had mixed reviews yesterday on how well they've acclimated back to central time, but they felt they'd be good to go by today. Here's center Eric McCoy. It would be nice to have one more day, um, but, you know, that's not going to happen. I'd say last night, my, uh, my wife got in about 6.30. No, actually, about 7. And then we were asleep by 8. Um, I feel like it's it's pretty, you know, universal around here. Guys are still adjusting, getting back into it. Um, but, you know, no excuses tomorrow. we got to be ready to roll. McCoy talked about the mentality of the team after coming off of their third loss. We know that it's it's a group effort, of course. Um, we like to stay together as a team, as um, a unit, because there's always going to be a lot of outside noise, a lot of talking points, a lot of, um, you know, division outside of here so as a team we, we just have to come together um, and we also know that truthfully truthfully we are beating ourselves in our three losses um, the penalties the turnovers like those are things that kill us um, we know that it's something that if we get corrected uh, when we get it corrected we will be a good team linebacker Pete Werner said the team's been leaning on their leaders on how to handle the adversity. I think it starts with them. They're the, they're the key contributors to keeping that confidence. Um, just listening to Mario talk, uh, you're, 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 gravita- you're gravitated toward that. And I think we're strong leaders on this team. Um, they're the ones that instill that confidence throughout everybody on this team. Um, we, they keep uh, continuing to repeat that it's a long season and uh, we've been close in every single game. But like I said, that you know we're we're killing we're killing ourselves. We're, we're all these penalties and and explosive plays and and uh, turnovers. That's that's what's going to get you beat. But um, having the confidence and leader leadership on this team will uh, will keep you in the game. As far as the game itself goes, a lot has been put on the attention to details the team needs to have going forward. I would say there's been heavy emphasis, especially from coach. Um, especially now in the position that we're in, that every little detail matters. And I think um, this year compared to last year, I think it's put more on a pedestal just because of what's what we've gone through. Um, going through these first few games and now 
heading to a week of practice like this, it's going to continue to be emphasized the little details because um, just if everybody's not on the same page or um, somebody's not in the right position, then um, that's what gets you beat. Uh, so we are continuing to emphasize that, and um, it starts in practice. Warner and wide receiver Chris Olave spent time playing together at Ohio State. Olave was named Rookie of the Month for September and had his first NFL touchdown Sunday against the Vikings. Olave leads all rookies with 21 receptions and 335 yards. Werner said he's not surprised by how well Olave has started the season. I see a lot of the same things I did back then that I do now. Um, he's, he's a silent a silent worker. He's always showing up and giving everything that he's he's got every single day. Um, we all expected uh, what he's shown um, even before he got here. Well, at least I did. Um, but very, very tough player and uh, finds a way to make plays. Alave has definitely been fun to watch through the first month of play, and it seems like he's just going to continue to grow into his role on this team. Let's turn to the Seahawks and hear now from John Boyle. John, it's great to have you back on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We spoke last year. Very different times for the Seahawks over there. How are you doing this season? Yeah, you know, it's been a really interesting year. A lot of kind of unknowns, a lot of newness to this team. Obviously, new quarterback, new new defensive coordinator, some new scheme there. So a lot of changes. Some of it's looking good so far. There are some things they need to clean up. And, I, you know, I think two and two is kind of reflective of where this team's at. You know, there's been some good, some bad. And, you know, I think they they believe they can be a lot better. But right now, that's kind of a fair assessment of where they're at. Well, last weekend they played the lions. They combined for 93 points in that game. That's the most that we've seen in an NFL game this season. First game in Seahawks history that they did not attempt a punt. I mean, the offense was just rolling 555 yards. What was working so well? Uh, I mean, to do that, it's kind of everything was working well. I mean, yeah. it starts, you know, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about Geno Smith all year, really. He's been outstanding, you know, a lot, a lot better than I think most people were expecting he would be. The The coaching staff had a lot of faith in him. That's why they named him the starter. But I don't think any of us could have realistically told you, you know, he's going to lead the league in passing or, uh, you know, completion percentage and be right among the league leaders and a whole bunch of other stats. But he's been outstanding. The running game was as good as it's been. And, you know, a lot of that really starts. Pete Carroll's really praising the offensive line. Now, there are a lot of big question marks about that unit. They signed a new center in Austin Blythe. They drafted two tackles, and they both won starting jobs. You got Charles Cross, a first-round pick at left tackle, and a third-round pick, Abe Lucas, at right tackle. And, you know, they like those guys a lot, but you always wonder if you're starting two rookies what that's going to look like. And that unit was great. You know, they ran the ball well. No sacks in that game. I think Geno Smith was hit only three times. So when your line's working and then the playmakers are making plays, it, it can look really good. And he's shown the ability to run himself. I mean, you mentioned the the line doing a good job holding up there. He had 49 yards on the ground. So he's shown that he has a little mobility as a quarterback. It's not just what Russell Wilson was able to do sometimes scrambling out of the pocket. How impressed have you been with the start that he's had to this season? Very impressed. I mean, again, I think watching him in practice the last few years, you know, if you if you watch him regularly, you're like, OK, this guy's there's a lot of arm talent there. He obviously hasn't had his opportunities, but you saw the talent. And I, you know, I always thought, you know, he could be a pretty solid quarterback, but I'm not, you know, I couldn't pretend that to tell you that I saw this coming. Uh, he's just been outstanding, just great command of the offense. He was putting them in a lot of good situations, making checks when he needed 
incredibly accurate all year, as you mentioned, making some plays with the legs. He doesn't run a lot, but he those runs he had were really crucial. That he had a big run on to convert on a third and seven. He uh, had the rushing touchdown. He had another run that you know turned second really long into third and more manageable. So just did a lot of things really well. He's just been really, like I said, in command of the offense, super accurate. And we've started to see the last couple of weeks, they've kind of opened things up more in terms of getting the ball downfield more. There's a lot of shorter passes the first two weeks, but they're starting to expand that passing game a little bit. So it's all it's all looking really good offensively right now. And the big thing now is can that defense get it cleaned up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, 320 yards through the air. I'm sure some of those, those definitely did come in chunk plays. Something that the Saints have to limit going forward is allowing the opposition to throw like that. So we'll see how that goes with our matchup coming up this weekend. But you mentioned the defense. I said it was a high scoring game last week and the defense is allowing a lot of points. What are the areas that they need to, I don't kind of clean up or just tighten up on the defensive side? Yeah, it means a few things, but first and foremost, it's stopping big plays. I mean, you, you look at the rushing yards, the Lions had, and they had a ton of them, but like I think half the rushing yards came on two plays, including a 51-yard touchdown run on which there were a couple of missed tackles. Uh, they gave up an 81-yard catch and run. Uh, it just a lot, and this was the biggest problem in their loss to Atlanta the week before. Was you know you do things right for a few plays on defense, and then it's third and long, and they hit a 20-some yard pass. Just big plays, big plays. That's kind of the main thing. Run defense in general has been a little shaky, but I think if they can eliminate those big, huge gains and, you know, it's not stuff in every single play, but it's keeping a, a run that gets out to eight or 10 yards instead of having a safety miss a tackle and all of a sudden it's 50 yards. So stuff like that is really just a big focus for the defense is tackle better, be you know more assignment correct and just clean that up a little bit. They feel like it's fixable, but, you know, it's been a been an ongoing issue for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I've listened to, it does sound like it's a young unit and they've mm-hmm. had some injuries as well with, you know, Jamal Adams was hurt. He wasn't playing. What is the status of some of those players? Because the ones who did fill in behind them did well in the game, you know, Tyreek Woolen had his pick six. So there's been some, some good moments too, from some of the younger guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, across the board, one of the biggest bright spots of the season has been the play of young guys and rookies in particular. You mentioned Tariq Woolen. He's got two interceptions. He also blocked the field goal that was returned for a touchdown. So he's making a lot of big plays. They have another rookie corner, uh, Kobe Bryant, who is their nickel corner, and he forced a fumble that, you know, led to a Seahawks touchdown also. So uh, I mentioned the rookie tackle. So they're getting a lot out of their draft class, which is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of youth on the defense, some new guys, you know, they, they changed defensive scheme quite a bit with a new coordinator. So I think some growing pains were to be expected, but it, you know, maybe has been a little more growing pains than they were hoping for. And they're, they're hoping to get it fixed, but yeah, I mean, Jamal Adams going down early, they, you know, they had big plans for how they're going to use him. They were a lot of different ways they wanted to use him. There's you know, a lot of stuff with three safeties where he was in the box, like a linebacker, just all these different things that they unfortunately had to scrap with him getting hurt in week one. So uh, that's unfortunate for them, but yeah, they still feel like this defense can get a lot better and they, they feel like it needs to start this week. Great. Great timing on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said that last week too. So we'll see, <laughs> you know, they were hoping to get it fixed last week and obviously it didn't go as well. So maybe this is the week, but we'll have to, they got to show it on the field. Yeah. I mean, everybody's still working on things at this point. It's early mm-hmm. or only through September heading into week five here, looking at the saints and what they have been able to do this season. It's they're one in three. It's been a struggle at times to get going offensively. How do you think this matchup is going to play out? Um, 
knowing what either side has done up until this point. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. You mentioned, you know, that you said they've struggled offensively. Well, Seahawks have struggled defensively. Mm-hmm. So can, you know, which which one of those sides gets going maybe? Or, you know, how's that look at? You know, I, I don't think the Seahawks are a team that, you know, at two and two, and they, they're not going to go into any game feeling like they just are, you know, some juggernaut that can overlook any team by any means. And the Saints are, as you well know, they're a weird bounce of the football away from having that same two and two record. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be, you know, the Saints have played them tough in recent years. You know, Alvin Kamara's been a real headache for them. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think this will be like most of these games are in the NFL and especially it seems like every Seahawks game I think it'll be a a close one that comes down to the wire who are some of the playmakers that we should be looking out for obviously everybody who probably follows football and doesn't follow football heard about DK Metcalf and and everything that he went through on Sunday um (laughs) which you know unfortunately (laughs) this era you you know you can't get by with anything people will find you um but he made the most of it made it a night of you know yeah, he had fun with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but he had a, a phenomenal game. Seven catches, 149 yards. He's been doing really well. Um, Tyler Lockett behind him's done well in the you know the the passing game there. I did notice though, and I know I'm kind of talking over my question, but I did notice that the <laughs> tight ends, <laughs> the tight ends have been the key targets in the in the end zone. Yeah, I love the self-awareness there. <laughs> Talking over my own question. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting. They've they've been getting the tight ends really involved. Yeah, the numbers haven't been huge in terms of, you know, volume stats, but they've those guys have come through in the red zone quite a bit. You know, sometimes that's just natural because they're bigger dudes. But I think one of the things we're seeing in this offense this year with um Geno Smith is, you know, this is no knock on Russell Wilson. He's a phenomenal player, he's a Hall of Famer, but I do think there was an element of his height that was a real thing of, you know, he's better thrown outside the numbers than over the middle, which naturally maybe takes away some of the tight end stuff. And he would, you know, throw the most incredible deep balls you've ever seen to lock it in DK Metcalf, but the tight ends weren't always as involved. Whereas I think with Geno Smith, we are seeing more of that. Those guys, you know, Will Disley's a guy that, you know, he came here, people thought of him more as a blocker. He's not a super fast guy. Um, but he's just a, you know, really good all around player who can do all the different things. And he's already got three touchdowns. Uh, we saw him get no fat in the end zone for the first time last week. And then, you know, Colby Parkinson's a guy they drafted a couple of years ago, who's been banged up his first two years, but they always loved his upside. He's, you know, just huge six, seven, you know, athletic guy, and he's been getting involved too. So yeah, that's, that's been a big part of the offense. Yeah. You mentioned, obviously it's always going to start with DK and, and mm-hmm. Tyler. Those guys are phenomenal as a duo, but it's been a nice luxury that they've been able to get all those tight ends involved as well. And then with the running backs, it starts with mm-hmm. Penny, obviously. Behind him, you guys have a rookie, uh, Kenneth Walker, carrying the ball some. Yeah. yeah, they're still kind of trying to get him going. He he missed, unfortunately, missed a little time. He had a hernia that popped up towards the end of training camp. So he didn't get to play at the end of the preseason and he missed the opener. So They've been working him in. He he saw his most playing time in this past game. His mm-hmm. role has been increasing a little bit week by week. So I think, you know, obviously the goal is to get him more involved. But at the same point, you know, when Penny's doing what he was doing last week and ripping off a bunch of bigger runs, you want to keep feeding him as well. So a big thing for this offense, you know, going back to last year and the first two games this year, it was a struggle just like sustained rise and stay on the field. So you'd have these games. The first two games of the season, they had like 46 plays one game and 48 plays the next game. He's it's hard to get your running backs super involved when you do that. But these past two games, it's been, you know, more like upper sixties, low seventies in plays. And now you can find ways 
to get those carries, get those guys involved. So yeah, they, they love Walker's upside. He's just incredibly explosive. He's kind of a big play waiting to happen, but then again, you know, if Penny's going to rush for 150 and average six yards of carry, they're going to keep feeding him as well. Yeah, absolutely. How long is coach Carroll going to do it? I mean, how long has he been there with the Seahawks? He has been there since 2010 and he's, you know, the oldest coach in the NFL, but you would never guess it if you're around him. The, yeah. the energy level is just crazy. He's running around, bouncing around. Um, you know, every time he's asked about it, he kind of gives a vague answer. He might say, I'm on a five-year plan, but he'll say that every year. So it seems like the five right. years is extending forever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any end in sight for him. He seems to still have a ton of passion for it and loves what he's doing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a real pleasure to be around him for this long because it's, it's fascinating to just watch him work. I'm sure that the Seahawks fans there, they come out. It's so loud in that stadium. How do you expect them to travel? Do we, are we going to see a lot of, I guess it's like that neon green and blue in the Superdome? Yeah. You know, I think we'll see a decent amount of it. I'm, I'm sure you guys run into this every week of it's a pretty attractive place for fans to go. So yeah. for, for the Seahawks fans, you might think I want to do one road game a year. I, I would think a lot of them circle this game because you guys, you know, you live in one of the best cities in, in the country in terms of fun places to visit. So I think we'll see quite a few fans out there. You know, I know last time when, when the Seahawks had, were out there, there's quite a bit of those fans. And, yeah, they'll, they'll show up to, to a decent amount. But, you know, who knows how you'd have to tell me how available tickets are because if Saints fans snap them all up and don't let the Seahawks fans get them, that can be tougher. Yeah. Well, we got one last home game this year because the one in London counted as a yeah. home game. So I think they are probably a little bit harder to come by for sure. Overall thoughts, anything else that we should know with the Seahawks coming to town this weekend? Yeah. You know, I think we, we covered most of it. I think really the big thing with this team is just trying to maintain the momentum offensively and then clean some stuff up defensively. They've uh, you know, I, I really think that their belief all along and what this team could be is a lot different than what the outside perception was coming in the year when people thought, oh, this is a bad team and, you know, they don't have Russell Wilson, they don't have Bobby Wagner, they're going to be terrible. They they never felt that way. And Geno Smith is kind of validating that. Um, if anything, I'd say maybe it's you, you can be a little more optimistic when the offense is what's working well and the defense is what needs fixing because I think – you know, if quarterback play didn't look good, that's hard to fix in season. I think you'd say, okay, this this offense is in trouble. But if Geno's playing great and the offense looks great, I think there's a lot more confidence that they can get this defense turned around. They've been they they struggled on defense early in the season each of the last two years and improved quite a bit in the second half of season. So they they think that turn is coming. They just hope to get it going, you know, week five instead of week nine or ten. Sure. The Saints are definitely trying to clean up a few things coming into this weekend as well, knowing that they have a couple home games ahead of them, kind of getting back onto a regular schedule. We'll see how that plays out, but it's going to be a fun game. I think the matchup is going to be fun and entertaining. Um, definitely hoping that there are some offensive fireworks on both sides. That'll be fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for breaking down the Seahawks for me and to look forward to seeing your coverage on Sunday. Thank you. Appreciate you for having me. Appreciate John for the time. Sunday's matchup could be a really interesting one as both teams are trying to break through in different areas. Make sure you follow along with at Saints on Twitter as the injury report and interviews from today's practice come out later today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com. 
the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.